0: We gave them a few seconds to figure out whether they want to keep listening to this or not. Um, If you're still there, dear, sweet, caring listener, welcome to episode 16 of Piercing the Veil with me, Robin Pierce. And me, Steve Pierce. And tonight, we're kind of breaking with tradition, if we've got any traditions. Do we have any traditions? No. No, this is episode 16. We have been running long enough. Exactly. Anyway, tonight... It is a Stephen King special. So, if you're a fan of Stephen King, stick around. We're going to be discussing his work on film, horror, a little bit of sci-fi. If you're not uh, a fan of Stephen King, then it sucks to be you. Yeah, pretty much. So, this week, you and I, Steve, we took the hour-long trip to the Multiplex, to see it and it too on a double bill. Now then, what did you make of it? I absolutely loved it. Thank you for that. Good talk.
1: Good talk. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> you think I, you could give I, us a little bit more? I found it completely refreshing. Because a lot refreshing? Of
0: the, yeah. Because a lot of you. Who freaked out when you were taken as a child to McDonald's to meet Ronald McDonald. I think it's refreshing seeing people chased down and slaughtered by a clown.
1: Yeah, but you know Pennywise's intentions. He has to kill everybody and feed and go
0: rest for 27 years.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that. But Ronald McDonald, you don't know what he's up to. And why would you be called Ronald McDonald? Because it rhymes. It's freaky. And his shoes.
0: What's wrong with his the shoes? They're big. Okay. I mean, I have big feet, but feet are like, whoa. <laughs> For the um, benefit of, of our listener who can't actually see us, Stephen held his hands open about two feet apart and went... Whoa. Podcasting, it is not a visual medium. Maybe so. Mentally? Mentally? Yeah. How would you like if a clown... I'm giving you a mental picture now. Yeah. Because you're so damn good at it with your... Whoa. Right? How would you like it if a clown sneaked up behind you and in a Tim Curry voice said, Kiss me, bad boy. I was looking for any excuse, any excuse to get that into the night John. That would still Give me that boy
1: as disturbing as that is. Yeah, that would still be more acceptable than Ronald
0: McDonald. Really? Yeah, I, I don't like that. Okay, so you don't like Ronald McDonald. No. What are the clowns? Don't you like?
1: Anyone in, like, local fairs that they do? I can't stand any of those. Know them all, do you? Basically, clowns that are well, killer clowns.
0: So the killer clowns from outer space, you're okay. with? Yeah. What go. about Clown House? Yeah, I'm those. Okay. Um, which clowns don't you like? Again, Local clowns you know
1: clowns that are supposed to be, like, completely friendly?
0: Oh, I've never found a friendly clown. They, yeah. they, they, they all freak the hell out of me, yeah. because underneath that makeup, who knows?
1: That's, that's exactly it. When you have people like Pennywise or
0: the killer clowns... Pennywise isn't a person. He is the embodiment of evil. Yeah. And he manifests clown. Now then your phobias aside what did you make of it other than I liked it The I I- oh, Ball was a real good movie <laughs>
1: I thought it was refreshing because I can't stand movies like The Conjuring
0: and The entire universe Oh, you know And I'm hoping Those films have done a disservice to the world of horror because there's an entire generation of millennials out there yeah. who they'll they lap this stuff on. No knowledge at all of the classics. And other than somebody going boo behind them suddenly, they have no idea at all about fear or terror or menace or any no. of the rest of it. Because we went to see the curse of La Leonora. That was dull. The scariest thing about that film was its running time. Yeah. Whereas... It's about an hour and a half. I will never get back.
1: The second part of it is two hours 45.
0: Yeah, thereabouts. It doesn't feel that long at all. It doesn't feel that long. Um, I read the book when it came out in paperback. Oh, about 1986, I guess. And I loved it. I liked the book. I I really enjoyed the the mental images it was giving me. It played really well in my head. Yeah. It was Stephen King's um, Love Letter to to Monsters. Um, we've seen the Tim Curry yeah. adaptation, and that's a good adaptation. I, I won't have anything said against no. that adaptation because I think it's a good one within the confines of what you can do for TV. Yeah, and it's always tr- important to remember that um, when they came up with the notion of making another version of it, I, I was against it yeah. because I don't think that you can ever, or I didn't to put it properly, didn't think that anybody other than Tim Curry could play anyways, yeah. because he brought such a level of menace to that role. It's handy to remember, of course, that he was the original choice to voice the Joker yeah. in the Batman animated series, but he was basically dropped. He was too menacing.
1: He actually anyway, paniced again, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, I think that the the film adaptation of it is a different animal from the TV version. Yeah. The TV version carries a lot of the novel in it. It drops certain scenes, some of which could never yeah. be filmed anyway, and. It's a it's a it's a good watered down version of of the um book. The films the same scene um, which uh, is how they defeat uh, yeah. Pennywise children really cannot be yeah. filmed. It still can't be filmed and you yeah. and readers of the book will know the scene you know, I'm yeah, so there's no need to go into that any further. Um, they add scenes to it, and there are scenes that are obviously taken away. So there, there are two different versions of the same book. Um, it, the two movies, collectively, yeah. uh, I believe the horror movie equivalent of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because... You if you watch them as one marathon of about five and a half, yeah. six hours thereabouts, you by the end of it, you feel that you've been through an emotional roller coaster with these kids and the adults that they become. And that's a very important thing as well. The we were used to the kids yeah. because we saw them in the first film. The casting is nothing short of genius here. because The adult actors that they use could actually completely believe the, the kids growing into those adults. That's the only thing I had some
1: issue with in the TV version. Yeah. Whilst I didn't think that the adults, in a way, looked exactly like the kids. I think more or less they did. I thought that it was handled better in the movie.
0: Yeah. And of course, Pennywise. Yeah. I completely recant the notion that um, nobody but Tim Perry can play Pennywise. Yeah. Because the it that we see in the films, sorry, the Pennywise that we see in the films, really does belong. Horror Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, what's the actor's name again? Uh, bill Skazgard, is it? Skarsgard. Skarsgard. Bill Skazgard, that's right. I can remember the Bill, I couldn't remember the Skazgard. Um, he, he really does... Yeah. I, I, this is controversial. He really does belong up there with the likes of Karloff's Frankenstein, yes, James, Phantom of the Opera... Lugosi's Dracula, Skazgard's, Pennywise. Yeah. You know, he he really does belong up there.
1: Because especially even from the people that you know have seen the first
0: part. Yeah. There's I think it's best not to really go into the second one
1: because it's very new.
0: It's very new and I suppose there might be people out there who either haven't seen yeah. the T V version, they've never read the book. Um, they're waiting on part two to find out what happens to these characters. All I can say to them from the heart is go and see the film. It's just a marvellous achievement. It it doesn't disappoint at all. It doesn't disappoint at all. And it's scary. Um, The scares are counterbalanced with... Humour, the dialogue among the adults is absolutely first rate. That's
1: exactly why it works better than a lot of horror movies that are coming out now. Because it's got humour in it and some light segments. Yeah. But because it's got that in it, it makes the horror scenes way worse.
0: Which is what people like Hitchcock, James Whale... Yeah. Um you know, the great horror directors, of which there are very few these days, knew this. That is- and this, this shows what a craft a horror movie can be. Because it is a traditional horror movie in every sense. Yeah. Classic horror um, This, collectively, I mean, it's got to be in the running for the Oscars. It has to be. Um, because horror movies would actually never get a better shot yeah. than this.
1: I will go as... Although I haven't... No one's seen the movie yet, I would go as far as to say, you know, drop the whole thing of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker for an Oscar.
0: Yeah. Put Bill Skarsgård they're Pennywise. tipping that for an Oscar. It hasn't even been released yet. I,
1: I want Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you think we're wrong, take to Facebook. Tell us why we're wrong. Come at us, bro. Come on. Right. um, Stephen King. Uh, He has been writing horror novels since the mid-70s. I remember seeing them in our local Smiths when I was a teenager. Um, I eventually started reading them. And when I started reading them, I really didn't stop. And one of the high points of the year for me is the publication of a new Stephen King book. Um, We're living in quite King-heavy times at the moment, especially in this house, of course. Uh, We've seen it. We are looking forward to seeing Doctor Sleep, the adaptation of King's own sequel to um, this coming week sees the publication of his new novel, The Institute, and uh, last Monday saw the DVD release of Season 1 of Castle Rock, which, though not written by King, is based on the fictional town where a lot of his stories are based, and... Uh, features a few of his supporting characters.
1: And also, apparently, the writer-director of the it's theatrical movie yeah. does want to take on Salem's Lot.
0: A third go at Salem's Lot? Yes. But it, it's worth um, mentioning that uh, Castle Rock is shown in the US exclusively yeah. on the Hula network. Um, streaming service no UK channel has picked it up no. so it's only available on DVD as far as we know but a character, and we're only three episodes out of ten in at the moment um, who seems to have a lot of mystery behind him and may or, not, may, or may not be the devil personified yeah is played by Pennywise actor Bill Skazgård. Yes. Also in the cast is Sissy Spacek, the original Carrie. Yeah. So if you're a King fan, that's probably worth checking out. Um, okay. Now then, going on with our Stephen King special show, I am going to ask you, yes. Stephen, to nominate your top 10 Stephen King adaptations um, from book to film. They don't have to be, you know, the the best films ever made or anything like that. These are your favourites. Yeah. Okay? To make it even more difficult and less obvious. Yeah. Because we're... Focusing more on horror for this, which is things bread and butter. Okay. Okay. I am taking out of the equation The Green Mile <laughs> and The Shawshank Redemption. Two of which I've never seen anyway. Two of which you've never seen. Two worthy, worthy Oscar winners. Yeah. Among the best movies ever made one day yeah. we will do a prison movie special god knows what that's going to be like. Um, and the Green Mile and the Shawshank Redemption will probably dominate Yeah, uh, as they would certainly dominate this but as we're concentrating on geeky horror stuff yeah. then horrifying as prison may be Especially if you're lying face down, gazing into your own pillow. Um, We are going to omit them, okay? Okay, right. So, shall we start with going in reverse order? Ah, no. Um, Now, Stephen's saying no, and I think it's a good idea that we do that because. I've got notes in front of me, where I've actually carefully thought out my list. Steve, I asked him, where are your notes? Oh, I'm more spontaneous than you. Really? Come on, Mr. Spontaneous. What is, in your mind, the tenth best Stephen King adaptation ever made, and why? You've definitely said anything about why. Of course you've got to put why. You've got to justify everything on this show.
1: At number 10, I've put Storm of the Century. Why? Because I remember watching it around New Year's when it was on TV. Technically, it's not a
0: book. I'm just saying. It's not a book. But okay. We're never clear on that part. I just said book to movie adaptation. Did I not? Listener. Why? Anyway, okay. No, you you've got Dreamcatcher. What? You're, you're telling us why? i not Dreamcatcher. Um, Storm of the Century. Yes. Bad weather in Dreamcatcher as well.
1: Um, because we saw it around New Year's. I think it was around 2000. I, I don't know why. Yeah, that it could, be. Around could be. That. Okay. And the fact that he was just the I think it was the devil
0: right say, okay just sitting in a house yeah
1: and they had the characters in it had no idea what to do and I found the fact that it was just sitting in a house freaked me out because okay. you didn't even have to do much He's like no no this is
0: this is kind of just too much alright number 10 for me yeah. Misery. Okay. I, I, I really like Misery. Yeah. And somebody out there might well be saying, oh, but is that really a horror story. Well, if you're disabled with both your legs shattered, you've got an insane nurse looking after you, yeah. who's controlling you and forcing you to write a book and be, um, you know, um, against your will, that is a horror situation. It's a psychological horror. And Annie Wilkes yeah. has got to be one of the best, most psychotic horror villainesses of all time. What a performance. That was an Oscar winner. Okay. So, you know, there's you've got the isolation, you've got the fact that she hobbles him in the in the film the hobbling scene doesn't happen in the book okay. i believe from as as i recall what she does is she slices through her yeah. Achilles tendon oh i know oh you don't want that right then and your number 9 maximum overdrive really yeah
1: the one with the killer trucks and everything. The killer
0: trucks would be Green Goblin yeah. uh, fascia on the front. The only film actually to be directed by Stephen King himself, who has a cameo. Because, honey, the machine called me an asshole.
1: I remember you showing me that on videotape, and the truck with the Green Goblin face on it. Yeah. It, it just for ages, yeah. and... I can't remember seeing a movie with a Green Goblin truck. And I couldn't for years work out which movie it was.
0: I remember you saying that when we got it on DVD. And we watched it here one Friday night. And the truck came up. And you said, that's where I've seen the Green Goblin truck. Yeah. I thought, well, yeah, where else would you have seen it? Not on the A55, surely. My number nine... I go for The Langoliers. Okay. And now, our our listener is going, What? You crazy? I like The Langoliers. I always have. Yeah. I liked it as the novella that it was. I enjoyed the adaptation, and still do when we watch it on DVD now. Yeah. It's got... A definite Twilight Zone vibe yeah. to it. Classic Twilight Zone vibe. That they're on this aircraft, there's nobody else around, and they are out running something that neither they nor you can see. And there's there's a superb, enjoyable yeah. menace in that. Yeah. And I, I really, really like it. Okay. Your number eight. Cool, Ooh! Why?
1: I I love the idea of kind of the rabid dog, and yes. in some scenes he's wagging his tail.
0: Yeah, because
1: Saint Bernards yeah. are really
0: friendly, and you know the dog was not that good an actor. Makeup job was fantastic. B. Wallace trapped in a yeah. car, and and you know Cujo trying to get in, and of course friendly St. Bernard. He knew that there was a tree yeah, waiting for him at the other yeah, side of that window. If we ever had a St. Bernard, he'd have to be called Cougar. Oh, agreed. Agreed. My number eight. Needful Things. Oh. I loved the book and I liked the film very much. Yeah. It was... It's the story of a small sort of Curio Shop. Yeah. uh, Which opens in, I do believe, Castle Rock. Yeah. And it's run by a gentleman played by Max von Sydow, who was Ming the Merciless. He was the exorcist. Um, Of course, he was also in the opening scene of The Force Awakens. Um, Many, many more films. And what he sells is basically he needs a favor for what he's selling you yeah and he is the devil and basically he is setting the people of castle rock against each other and at first he appears to just be playing harmless little games yeah but the games become more and more sinister and deadly um and of course the little town of castle rock population Almost wipe themselves out. Yeah. Okay then, Steve. Uh, number seven. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I I loved Directed th- by Tom Holland. I just
1: love. I just love the idea. Yeah. Of someone massive
0: going thinner and thinner. And thinner. It was like the Incredible Shrinking yeah. Man, only with his weight. And it was a gypsy curse.
1: And uh, I love as well that you know the writing on the you know for the title of the movie. Yeah. It actually gets.
0: Something's uh, beeping at me. Yeah.
1: I, I love the fact that it um the writing actually goes
0: more into it. What in the yeah? Um, it was a very. It was it was. It was scary. Yeah. Um it was also disturbing because yes. the, the makeup effects on that were absolutely fantastic. Right then. Uh my seventh. Stand by me. Okay. The whole of the book... Well, sorry, no, I didn't mean to say book. The whole of the uh, novella, um, it's part of different seasons where there are four novellas. A novella is somewhere between a novel and a short story. Yeah. Um, a group of boys in the early 60s go looking for a corpse. Somebody's gone missing and... They overhear these older boys talk about where it is, and they want to be the ones to find it. And it's a coming-of-age story, and it's one of the best-filmed movies I've ever seen. Um, You and I, we watched it on Blu-ray. Yes. It it needed upgrade to Blu-ray just because. Yeah. Uh, It's such a beautiful-looking film. It's heartwarming. Um, we have Richard Dreyfuss in it. We have uh, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman. It's it's got such a strong cast. It's again, it's not. It is horror, and it isn't horror. Um, they find the body. Um, it's the closest, apparently, to. An autobiography that King has ever written okay. is he apparently saw as a small child yeah. uh, the body of a, another person who had been run over by a train, but his mind blanked it out. Oh. And he, he only knows that he saw it by, by um accounts of his mother. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but Stand By Me definitely... Uh, my number seven. Your number six.
1: Christine.
0: Okay. Who doesn't
1: love the idea of a killer
0: car? All right.
1: The car that killed as well.
0: Okay. Um.
1: It wasn't a Buick, was it?
0: It wasn't a Buick. It was a Plymouth Fury. And...
1: I still don't quite get how in some of the scenes where Christine's driving, yeah, it it's so menacing, but it's just the car.
0: Yeah, he chose it because of the massive grille. Yeah, I think it's a '58 um, model, I mean. and it actually it's it's not a pretty car. No. It's actually quite an ugly lump of a cat. Yeah. And um, it could look menacing. And that's why he chose it. Okay. My number six. And here we go with some controversy. Okay. Shining. Which one? Here comes the controversy. The TV version, okay, not the Kubrick version. The TV version. The Kubrick version is an excellent exercise in sustained mounting menace. Yeah, wonderfully played by Chevy Duval as the you know victim to be, and you're getting Jack Nicholson going ever crazier. Yeah. As the ghosts in the house um, start playing with his mind. Okay. King himself famously cried the book, not the book, the film, saying there was not enough of his book in it. And Kubrick, who was a far bigger name than King in 1978, but it was um, just decided to go his own way. Okay. You know, pretty much a uh, Trank Fantastic Four yeah. direction. And the the book was later sold to TV. And they made an even more menacing and closer to the source material adaptation of it. Yeah which I haven't shown you yet. No. I, I have it on disc. To me, it's a stronger version. It's more Stephen King than the Kubrick version. Okay. The Kubrick version, I will tell you now, yeah. actually does not exist on my list. No. No. It's a good film. It's a good yeah. horror film. It's not that good as Stephen King. No. They have a maze and they have topiary and in the book yeah that comes alive wow yeah right your number 5 sir the myth oh good choice do tell
1: i love the fact of having people trapped inside a basically a grocery
0: store yeah supermarket yeah. yeah and the fact that have you ever imagined if that happened didn't we? Yes. Nasdaq, um. <laughs> and we were stuck in Aztec in
1: town. the fact that they actually you have the mist outside, something in it. Yeah. We don't know what it is. Yeah. And the fact with practical effects they got
0: the mist to stay level. Yes. Yes. No CGI, they just made No, I interviewed for Gore Zone magazine many years ago, a gentleman by the name of Daryl Pritchett. Yeah. And he was one of the effects people on the mist, and he was explaining to me how they used dry ice and air pressure to control the level of the mist uh fans and stuff like that and how if they 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 up the air pressure yeah. in the room they they could actually control the level okay. that the mist went to it was it was really quite absorbing mm-hmm. and
1: uh, and the fact that you know, when they start going out into the mist, yeah. when they disappear, yeah, you have no idea what's going on
0: and the menace is just building up throughout the movie. I don't think we actually see the full kind of extent of the creatures either. No. They're very much like something out of an HP Lovecraft yeah. um, kind of thing. Uh, except that they have come, we believe, out of a dimensional yeah. rift caused by the army. You know, nobody actually uh, summoned Cthulhu. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, my five. Yeah. It's Christine. Wow. Saw that at the cinema when it came out. Yeah. And I'd read the book. I was a little bit disappointed. Okay. Okay. Because the, the story of Christine is a story of basically possession in a haunted house the yeah. haunted house has four wheels and is painted red okay um, its previous owner who killed himself does appear to to the the new owner the kid yeah. in the book whereas in the film, it appeared to be just an evil car that could regenerate itself. Okay. And some of the best scenes in in that movie, to me, are Christine, the 58 Plymouth Fury, engulfed in flames, driving along. Yeah. And as the flames are being sort of swept back along it, you know, it, it, it looks like it's grinning and there are flames all around yeah. it. It's just so menacing looking. I would not have liked to have been a stunt driver. No. On that. Hard, no. And of course, um, Christine gets crashed by the local hoodlums, the you know the bullying gang yeah. of the high school, and regenerates and fixes herself. How do they do that? How do they destroy it? No, how how do they how do the effects people regenerate that car?
1: Wouldn't they film it in reverse?
0: Yep, they had um, the, the the car actually collapsed in on itself. Yeah, and then they played it back in reverse, okay. where it kind of fixed itself. How they did the mirror, I don't know, or the windscreen, but yeah, okay. Right, you're number four, sir. Please, needful things. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because A listener, I... just, 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 so you know, I've got this piece of paper in front of me on my clipboard, right? And I'm actually, <laughs> really spitefully, hiding it with my arm so that he can't see what I've got. Needful, now, needful things. things. Go for it. Because. Do you know who with... directed Needful Things? I believe it was Fraser Heston, son of Charlton. Oh! Here we go. Because I love the,
1: the whole idea of him working kind of like an antique corner shop. Yeah. Because those kind of shops, because we've seen so many of them. Yeah. It, it's kind of relatable. Yes, it kind of is. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really is like a summer town kind of thing and
0: it, it just sucks you in. It does. Pretty much like it sucked in the side of Christine and played it back. Yeah. Mind number four. Bring on George A. Romero and a masterful adaptation of Kings the Dark Half. Okay. Have you seen that? Maybe a long time ago. Uh, again, uh, it's based on a writer. Um, it's largely psychological horror. Yeah. Um, the dark half is the dark half of his own persona. Um, it's the one with the the sparrows are flying again, because as a kid, kept hearing sparrows flying. Yeah. Right? And what it was was they thought he had a brain tumor, but he started out when when he was conceived, there was a twin. Oh okay. And you know, quite often the twin is absorbed by the dominant body, yeah. the one that gets born. But that hadn't actually happened
1: in this film.
0: Alright. Because the twin was still forming uh, inside the guy's brain. It's dark. It's really nasty. Yeah. And it's my number four. Your number three, sir? Salem Slot. Which one? The original. Oh, 1979? Yes. Okay.
1: That, to me, is kind of like the epitome of summer movies. All right. Because... I love the fact that it's in a small town again. Yes. Because most of his things seem to be in a small town.
0: In a small town of yeah. Salem's Lot.
1: And I love the fact that the that Barlow. The vampire. Yes. Looks a lot like Nosferatu. Oh,
0: Max Shrek, yeah. Count Orlock. Have look- you heard my impersonation of uh, Max Shrek as Count Orlock? Okay. Here it comes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Silent Movies. It? <laughs> it's a silent movie, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> believe you fell for that. Well, it's not always silent, is it? Uh, yeah, it is. No, 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 no. There's a remake. Well, yeah, yeah, by uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, so. Well, that was silent
1: too. No, it wasn't. It was. Sir, I beg to differ. Sir,
0: so you may differ. I to differ. Well, away. Right then. Um, oh yeah, you're telling me why you like Salem's Lot. Okay. Oh, yes. uh, the the you fact. have that, the attention span of an.
1: I know. But the fact that, as well, with Barlow, that a lot of the killings—you actually see him kill. Yeah. And a lot of it is more in the shadows, a lot like Nosferatu was. Right. I also like the, um, the fact that you have them floating outside the window, just scratching, and that noise just goes through me.
0: Ah. Okay. When they, they, they come scratching at the window. And they want to be let in. Right. My number. That was number three, wasn't it? Yeah. My number three. Same title as a song by the Ramones. And you don't want to be buried there.
1: Really, number
0: three? Yeah. Pet Cemetery. Okay. I remember very well picking up the book. It came out in paperback. And I started to read it. It's the copy I still have. And I think it's the most disturbing of his book. It was disturbing when I read it. It was one of those books where you you're reading it Until your eyes are beginning to shut. Yeah. And there was one particular chapter where the story's coming along nicely. And there was just one sentence that finished off the chapter which told you that a little boy. had had his last breakfast. I've, you're, you're awake again. Yeah. And they they made the the film in about eighty nine. I'm talking about the original. Now. Yeah. And I found it to be almost as disturbing as the book. Yes. Obviously, they can't put everything that's in the book in the film because it's you know about an 800 page book whatever and you've got about an hour and a half yeah 800 pages does not translate to an hour and a half but it was it was seriously disturbing especially the sister with the spinal yeah. meningitis it was so well paced it was amazing and and Fred Gwynn yeah. as Judd Cranston, the guy who knows what's going on. yeah, And, you know, Herman Munster. But
1: he's so friendly, though.
0: Yes. Herman Munster playing, a, like, a, a wise old yeah. man. Because, previous to that, I only knew him for comedy. And his performance, and I believe he was nominated For an Oscar, he may have even got it as Best Supporting Actor. I mean, it was just well worth seeing. And that is my number three. I'm sorry that it's at number three, but to me personally, and this is a personal list, I just want to stress that. Um, The the two and the one are, in my mind, so strong. Speaking Hmm. of which, What's your number two, Steve? Pet Cemetery. Oh! I see. The original... Sorry, that little... Oh! Was actually my tribute to Silver Bullets, which doesn't appear on my list.
1: The original, actually, I remember you showing it me when I was... Early teens?
0: I think. You know, all people listening to this are going to think, I am a dreadful parent. And that, along
1: with Friday the 13th, part 6, are two of the movies that actually. You know, got Child
0: me. Social Services might be listening, right? Those are two of the horror movies.
1: <sighs> yes. That really actually got me into horror in the first place. I knew this would end up being my fault. I knew it. Because, that, that, as you said, that movie is just really
0: disturbing. Okay. And the soundtrack works for the movie. It does. It does. When they used a cover version of "Pet" I interviewed by the Ramones on the remake, we don't talk about that. I just thought now they're deliberately goading me and trying talk to annoy about me. that So that's your number two. Yeah. All right. Again, it saddens me because previous to this week. My number two would have been completely different. Yeah. But I didn't feel it appropriate to have same title down twice. Yeah. So with apologies to Tim Curry. Yeah. It and It Chapter Two collectively form my number two. Two? Yes. No. Yes, sir. No. It's my list. I can do what I want. (laughs) Do you want to see me put Lawnmower Man as my number two? There we are, then. You've never seen Lawnmower Man? No. Um, yeah, but it's there at number two. Uh, maybe previous to seeing the double bill, the Tim Curry version might have been at number two. Yeah. Because that is a tried and trusted favourite. Yeah. What's your number one? It. Part 1 and 2. Oh. Okay. And why? Pennywise. Pennywise. He's, Simply Pennywise. He is the embodiment of fear. Horror. Aren't
1: everything you'd want in a horror movie is
0: in it. Absolutely. It's got monsters, it's got scares, it's got tons of blood. Yeah. It may actually be in the Guinness Book of Records, or eligible to go in the Guinness Book of Records, for the amount of blood that is shown on screen it's the
1: perfect horror movie
0: okay i agree my f- number one yeah like you i consider this film or this adaptation to be comfort food yeah first saw it in 1979 and I I taped it from the TV when it was reshown in about eighty three eighty four. Yeah. I watched that videotape to death, and then I bought the um, the tape. Yeah. And of course, these days we just hammer the disc. Yeah. It is the two part adaptation of Salem's Law. It's the King adaptation that I've seen. Absolutely the most. Yeah. Uh, they remade it. Nowhere near as good. All of the f- book is, of course, not in that three hours, but there's enough of it for a rollicking good vampire movie. Yeah. Um, David Soul, famous at that time for Starsky and Hutch, still got to stake out the villains. See what I did there? And James Mason, Seething evil, as as you know, um, Barlow's uh, familiar yeah. and daytime guardian, uh, Straker. Again, they open up an antique store, which is why this is why I keep out of antique stores. Yeah, and um, Barlow, the vampire, with his Nosferatu looks, yeah. absolutely fantastic. You've got a Beautiful, slow burn, hour and a half, first part. Yeah. And then, really, it's balls-to-the-wall vampire action for the entire yeah. second part. Um, best scene in it for me, uh, it's in the hospital, in the morgue. Okay. When, under the sheets, you know she's coming back to yeah. life. And um David Sowell, as Ben Mears, is hurriedly trying to fashion a makeshift cross out of two tongue degraphs Wow, fantastic And when he actually slashes at her when she attacks him, uh, she's got the purple flesh, and there's that ghastly yellow green yeah. flesh underneath that just looks putrid. it
1: would be cool though with um. Necker having those figures, if Necker did a
0: Barlow figure, oh, they need to, they need to. Um, I wouldn't want the remake one, but I would definitely want the Reginald version from Toby Hooper, yeah, director of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know who better? Yeah, who better? Right, we've got a few minutes left. Okay. Now I'm gonna ask you in reverse order. moi, ha. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Where do you think they got it horribly wrong?
1: Okay, so is that number one first, or...? Reverse order, dude. It's uh, five first. Okay, so at number five, I'd go with the Remake of Serum slot. Okay, why? I had none of the feel of the Toby Cooper version. No. Nope. It,
0: it seemed... It had a bit more of the book in it, but to me it's just... It did not just like, didn't bar hit the at all, nope.
1: Um, I I just could not get into it.
0: My number five is the three hour adaptation of Desperation. Oh, okay. Um, I've seen it once. That was actually my number one. Was it? Yeah. Um, despite having Ron Perlman in it, yeah, it just. failed to engage my interest I would like to see it again and I might see if it's available on Amazon or something but it just didn't take my interest when I saw it Um, but what Stephen King did was he released Desperation and a book under his pseudonym of Richard Bachman called The Regulators and both books released on the same day I think were set in the same town and were different aspects of the same overall story. Oh. It didn't really work. Your
1: number four. Number four, I would go with Pet Sematary. The remake that came out this year. Okay. I did not like at all how much they changed. Right. As much as I like um, John Lithgow in movies and TV series, He yeah. was not a patch on Fred Gwynn. Agreed. And I I don't want to spoil the territory, but I did not like the ending at all.
0: Nope. My number four is Salem's Lot, the remake miniseries. It okay. just left me cold. I had high hopes for it. I thought I'd see stuff that would make me perhaps rethink that original Toby Hooper version. Yeah. Pretty much like the, the remake of The Shining, Caused me to rethink the Kubrick version, but it just fell flat. It fell flat. Your number three.
1: I'd go with Carrie, the remake.
0: Carrie, ooh, Which okay. is actually
1: kind of an odd one, because I wasn't actually that big a fan of either the book Carrie or the other or the original movie of Carrie.
0: Yeah, but she's not a likeable character, but is she? That's exactly
1: Yeah, I've read the book... Seen the original movie. Yeah. And it's odd how it's a very well-written book, but you don't like anyone in it. No, no. And the movie, you don't like anyone. No. The remake, um, Chloe Grace Moritz is not convincing as Carrie at all, because she's too likeable. Yep. Which is odd, because when you actually like a character in a movie, that you're not supposed to like...
0: It makes no sense. Okay. Well. My number three, <clears throat> The Running Man. Okay. That was a sci-fi movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, based on a short story by Stephen King, uh, writing under his, again, pseudonym of Richard Bachman. Yeah. Um, it just didn't work. It made uh, kind of a game show kind of thing out of the plight that this guy was in. Um, televised, and it was full of typical Arnold Schwarzenegger quips. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger is is one of my favorite. Yeah. We do enjoy a good Schwarzenegger yes. flick. We not. Um, but this didn't work for me. No. It just didn't work. It didn't work almost on a scale of putting Schwarzenegger in a Batman movie. Yeah. That didn't work either. Your number two, please. i would go with Cell. Cell? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the I... cell phones uh, all over the world emit a signal that turn people into mindless zombies,
1: Okay. Because... which may have
0: happened.
1: Yeah. I remember you describing the book to me. Yeah. And I was looking forward to seeing that in movie form. Yeah. That's not what we got, is it? It seemed very watered down, and it wasn't actually scary
0: at all. Yeah, there's a reason it came out. Direct-to-DVD, yeah. I think. I had high hopes for that, and they, they were all dashed. Um, my number two, that remake of Pet Cemetery. I'm sorry, it was yeah. just unforgivable. Yeah. There was no need for that. There was certainly no need for that song at the end. No. no. Sorry. No. What is, in your mind, the worst adaptation of Desperation? Desperation? Yeah. Okay.
1: I usually like, as you said, Ron Perlman in
0: movies and TV. Something's beeping again. <laughs> is my tablet on? No, no, I've got sound off that. Oh, sound is on on my tablet. Not anymore, it's not. The, um, in, I do apologise, dear listener.
1: In town called Desperation.
0: Yeah. It's actually Desperation.
1: None of it sunk in.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't really... It had very religious connotation vibes in the series, from what I can remember. Did it? Okay. Yeah. And... I just didn't get it and I couldn't follow the story at all. All
0: right. The worst one for me is the remake of Perry with Chloe Grace Moritz. Okay. It didn't need a remake because Brian De Palma made the definitive Yeah. Um, adaptation. Uh, the whole book was right there in the film. Everything was on screen because it was King's first published book. Yeah. And he he could actually keep it under eight hundred pages back then. Yeah. Stacey Spacek was very much the ugly duckling who was cleaned up for the prom, and you could very much feel her pain and yeah. anguish when that stunt was pulled on her. And you didn't exactly like her, no. you know, even in the f- the first scene in the film in yeah. the showers and she's crying and bleating just as she did in the book yeah you're thinking you know get with it you dozy cow what's wrong with you yeah you kind of feel bad for her but you're kind of thinking love you need a good shaking yeah exactly and i didn't really like you know you obviously i wasn't siding with the bullies yeah it's one of the very few films where John Travolta isn't particularly likable. Yeah. Um, when they made the, the remake, you had Chloe Grace Moritz, who we knew best as Hit Girl in the Kick Ass Movie. Yes. So we'd seen two of those, and she was the foul mouthed, um, but, you know, bouncy sidekick. Yeah. Who, was adept in just about every form of martial arts and was now expected to play the ugly duckling the problem is Chloe Great Moritz was too damn cute
1: and I'm not sure she can't ugly up I'm not sure as well if maybe seeing her kick ass yeah. was also a disadvantage to the Carrie remake seeing how she was in that thinking well you Taking
0: people out for less than a kick-ass. Yeah, yeah. So, those are our five worst each and our five best. I can't help but notice that neither one of us put a stand, which is a monumental achievement, but it's like four hours and you're thinking, oh, come on. I've never seen it. You will. Um... I suppose as we're running out of time, um, I'll just wind up by mentioning Dreamcatcher. Okay. I bought Dreamcatcher when it first came out. It came out about, I guess, 14 years ago. Okay. And I started reading it. Yeah. I have never, ever managed to finish reading that book. Ever. I don't know why. This is There's like a psychological block with it, yeah? But then they made a film with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Okay? And the day it came out, I thought, ooh, pack packet, right. And I set myself a task yeah. of not watching that film until I'd read the book. Okay? Yeah. That film must have come out about 10, 12 years yeah. ago. It's still in its cellophane.
1: So what are you doing with Doctor Sleep?
0: I didn't finish that either. No. i tell you why I didn't finish that. It was because I thought, ah, to really get this, I might need to reread The Shining. Yeah. I never got around to it. And now the film adaptation of Doctor Sleep is coming yeah. out. In about four weeks. But I want to read The Institute before then. I know. Oh. On that depressing note, I'll just mention that there are adaptations I'd like to see that they haven't gotten round to yet in Uma Key and um, Insomnia. Maybe one day. Yeah. But on that depressing note, I still haven't read Doctor Sleep, and I did not know why you're You're a nasty little boy. This is me, Robin Pearce, saying good night, or good morning, or even good afternoon, depending on when you listen to us. And this is me, Stephen Pearce, saying talk to you next time. Until then, stay low, stay sharp, and you know it, stay safe.